Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Sacred Space Podcast. My name is Gina Stockton, and I am really excited that you're here today. I have a very special guest. Nancy Joy Dozier is joining me from Atlanta. And man, you guys are in for a treat. She is a certified life coach, an author, a speaker, a pastor, a mentor. She is a spitfire and so full of the Holy Spirit, so prophetic and so full of joy. And I'm just so excited that I get to share her with you. We met last year. She was very kind to invite me to be a part of her I Am a Miracle conference online and do some dwell guided meditation sessions. And I am just so excited to share her with you. She has a powerful story. She has an incredible anointing, and I think you are going to be inspired and challenged and encouraged by this conversation. So get comfortable, sit back, relax, and enjoy your time in the sacred space. So Nancy, Nancy Joy, you're here. I'm so so excited. excited. (laughs) (laughs) So it's a long time coming. You and I actually met on Instagram, which is the most cheesy thing ever, but shout out to Instagram though. Right. Okay. Yes. So my husband's a bass player. Your husband's a musician as well. And your husband was following my husband and then you stumbled on my podcast and then you guys started listening. Then you reached out and then we connected and you know, the rest is history, but it's been such a joy. (laughs) Ha ha. Pun intended, your middle name. <laughs> Just kidding. Getting to know you. Um, we got to talk on the phone. It felt like you were a friend from you know high school that we'd known yeah. each other for a super long time. We've only seen each other once in person right. in Nashville. You were so kind and so generous to drive from Georgia to Nashville when I was out there uh, back in May, I think it yeah, was. It was yeah. And it's interesting. So you invited me um, for your... I'm a miracle conference that was online. I was very honored to do a couple of dwell sessions for your conference and dwell is the guided scripture meditation project that I have. And you asked me to do a couple of those. So I did that. And then you were so sweet and sent me a copy of your book. I have to say that that season of my life was just insane. (laughs) It's just, you know, the whole world is dealing with pandemic. So everybody's world was insane. But on top of that, my dad's journey with Alzheimer's had accelerated the few years before that. And he was uh, placed in memory care. Um, My stepmom was losing her eyesight and uh, going blind, living by herself an hour away. My stepbrother lived on Maui, so he wasn't able to do much. So I'm trying to take care of my stepmom long distance, plus take care of my kids and our family and things that are going on here. And really probably taking way too much on. And then my ministry and the different work, the work that I did. And, uh, I was flying to Nashville and was as close to burnout (laughs) as I think a person could be. Mm. And I had your book on the plane with me. Wow. And I just got to tell you that it was such a a cup of cool water for me. It was such a sweet affirmation, encouragement, uh, what's the word? Like a, a little nudge, like not a little nudge, like a bit of a, like, dude, <laughs> you know, lean in, trust what God's doing. You know, it was just 
it was just such a gift. So first of all, mm-hmm. thank you for that. I know I told you that in person, but it was, I want to say it publicly. Thank you for that. And it's mm-hmm. funny because we didn't know each other and I'll be super real. So that the, the title is decree a thing, creating uh, your world with your words. And at first I was a little like, oh, is this going to be a little prosperity gospel? Like name it and claim it. Like, okay. I mean, name it and claim it. Name it and claim it. I mean, I'm just keeping it real, right? I was just like, okay. I mean, Which I love. She's super sweet. I had a great conversation. We're, we're, we're like, we're bonding, but like, huh, I'm curious. But I want to just say you are a gifted writer. Oh my. Um, it's very simple but profound, biblical, <laughs> encouraging, but challenging. It, it's just a gift. I am blabbing way too much, but I just wanted to say thank you. Thank um, you so much. It's such an honor. Thank you. Thank you. That means a lot. Yeah. Yeah. So mm-hmm. we could talk about a lot of things. Um, first of all, maybe just share a little bit about yourself yeah, um, who you are, what you do. And then I've got, I don't know if you can see, I've got like, I've written <laughs> all over and dog eared the book. So there's a couple of things in here. I would love to touch on. Would love for people to hear a bit of your story, your journey with your husband's health and, and how God healed him, just all the things. So wherever yes. you want to start, you just go. Awesome. Well, let me just say, um, you are an absolute joy. My, and I call you my sweet friend. Um, but I've just enjoyed, um, getting to know you and, and, and meeting you. And it's so funny. You were telling the story about how, you know, my husband was following your husband on Instagram, um, and then found you. And then I found you. And then we were like, (laughs) so funny was, um, whenever you and I had our first initial like phone call and, had like the best time. I immediately like, am like calling my husband. I'm like, Oh my God, I spoke to Gina today. And it was just the best conversation. I was like, we were laughing and like connecting and there's like utter silence from him. I'm like, hello, hello, hello. And and my husband, you kind of have to know him. Like if you've ever been around like the musician types, Uh it's a type, you know, they have a vibe, they have a whole like thing. And, and he's like completely quiet. So I'm like, Eric, Eric, you know, what is it? He goes, she was my friend first. (laughs) I was like, what? Disrespect. So just so you know, I think my, my husband is a little bit in his feelings because you and Norm were his friends first. Y'all were his friends first and I somehow stole y'all from him. So that's hilarious. You know, we're just believing God for inner healing for him and he'll be good. Um, but yeah, uh, so no, good. it's been such a beautiful experience. And I think what drew me to you, because um it was us listening to your podcast and listening to some of your dwell um guided, you know, prayers and, and I was like, oh my God, like where was she like when the whole world imploded on itself Mm -hmm. with this whole pandemic, like at the beginning, like I felt like I needed you and I didn't Mm -hmm. even know I needed you until I heard your voice. And I looked at my husband, I was like, there is something resting on her voice Mm -hmm. and it's the peace of God. Like there's just this anointing. I was like, I need her. you know and I just kept listening and I would just listen and I was just listening and and it just was feeding my spirit um because you know there was just so much chaos 
Yeah. Even when you are quote unquote grounded in the Lord and you've got this vibrant relationship with God, it doesn't make you impervious to feeling, you know, the, the reality of what's happening around you. Like you're not impervious to that, that pressure, the mental pressure, the emotional pressure of, uh, hello, it's a whole pandemic and the whole world has gone crazy. And there's so much like collective trauma, you know, and you're trying so hard to like stay anchored in the word and to just remind yourself of what God has spoken, you know? So I just felt like, you know, finding you was just such, um, it was such an on-time just blessing. And so I'm, I'm grateful. And to be here with you today is such, is such a blessing, a little bit about myself. So my family is, um, originally my dad is from Haiti. My mom is from the Congo, which is actually where I was born. Um, and for those who don't know, um, Africa is a continent, not a country. (laughs) Praise God. Little geography lesson for y'all out there. Geography lesson. And Congo is literally like, the entire Central Africa, like it takes up the whole middle. So it's rather large, um, beautiful people, incredible mm. worshipers, like amazing music, amazing mm, music. Yeah. Um, and just a heritage of like prayer and worship. And so that's like at my core, that's like who I am. Like, I love to worship God. Mm -hmm. Um, I love to pray. I love to just wait on the Lord. Um, that's really who I am. I grew up in Boston, Massachusetts and, um, you know, just had a great childhood in ministry with my parents. Um, did all kinds of great things. Why wham, you know, mission yeah. trips, like <laughs> church camp. Like it was like, you yeah. know, the, the, the church girl life, you know, yeah. but God really began to get a hold of my heart as I went into my teens and God began to really unlock, you know, the Bible talks about, we have these treasures in earthen vessels, yeah. you know, he yeah. began to introduce me to the treasures, hmm. um, that he had hidden in my heart. Um, and I really just started a journey of pursuing him, pursuing his presence, um, pursuing him in the secret place really became, um, just like the, the, the anchor of my journey. And God began to allow me to, um, really begin to discover, you know, the, the prophetic gifts and the gifts of of healing and, and, and miracles and signs and wonders. And, um, you know, a gift of even just like speaking and preaching and like all of this stuff that he had, you know, placed on the inside of me, um, that I really didn't, you know, I wasn't looking for it for, yeah. for lack of a better term. Like I wasn't looking to be prophetic. I wasn't looking yeah. um, to even be a leader or to be viewed as a leader or to, you know, have people begin to just say, Hey, what are you, what are you doing? Are you having a Bible study? You know, like all this crazy stuff just began to happen. And even in college, you know, on nine 11, um, God, wrecked my life in the best possible way. Mm-hmm. Like there was so much chaos happening. Um, all around us. And, you know, those of you guys that can remember that day, know the, there was just this blanket of like despair. Like you yeah. just could feel it in the atmosphere, no matter where you were, you know, it was as if our whole world was just like torn apart. And yeah. I was, that was the very first day of school that semester. And, um, you know, we're in like an eight o'clock class when, you know, we start hearing announcements that, um, everyone was being called to one of the main, uh, 
buildings on campus and I went to Berkeley College of Music. So, you know, we're all sitting there going, oh, this is a prank. Whoever is, you know, doing this, like they, they're getting sent home. Like this is, this is a terrible prank, but it wasn't, you know, so it just kept going and we realized like, okay, something's happening. So we walk out of our, uh, the building that we were in and there's FBI, uh, bomb squad, Boston police, like every kind of agency Mm -hmm. you could possibly think of in our streets. They're telling us like, crawl like we're crawling across the street um to get back to this main building what we didn't realize and didn't know at the time is the bombers um who you know blew the buildings up and all of that actually had stayed the night before in the hotel that's connected to our campus. So it's right behind our campus. So we didn't know that we were just told like, get across the street, get safe. Like, and we're crawling like across, like in the city, you know, but that day changed my life because we didn't know if we were about to get blown up next. We didn't know what was going on. And I just remember my heart began to pound because I'd come to this place, Gina, where I was like, you know what, God, I don't want to be in ministry. Like, I don't, I don't want to live that life. You know, I've seen my parents, this is like four, three, four generations in at this point. Let me just go be a lawyer. I'm going to be amazing. You know, I'll still (laughs) like serve at some, you know, children's church somewhere and just, it's going to be great. Um, but I just didn't have a desire. Like I didn't want to lead people. I didn't want to, I didn't want to do any of that. And so I was like, I'm just going to get my little degree and keep it moving. <laughs> and that day I felt this, I've never felt my heart beat like that. And it was open your mouth now hmm. and tell them about Jesus. Like it was this, this feeling that I could not shake. Yeah. And before I knew it, like I'm, you know, on like a table in this main room and I'm screaming at the top of my lungs, Mm -hmm. like, and I'm crying and I'm telling, you know, students, whoever else was in there, you know, like, I don't know what's about to happen guys, but eternity is real. And you need to know Jesus and you need to know that he loves you. You need to know that he has a plan for your life. Like this does not have to be the end of your story. Like, and I'm just going in and it was almost like an outer body experience. Yeah. Uh, But from that moment, God launched my life into even to this day, what I'm experiencing and what I'm living. Um, we saw hundreds of kids come to the Lord, hundreds of students mm-hmm. that day, over 300 students came wow. to the Lord that day. Within about a week, we had baptized probably about 500 students in bathtubs because our campus wow. didn't have a pool. So we're in dorm rooms, just dunking them. They're getting <laughs> filled with the Holy Spirit, getting healed from trauma, getting healed so from, you know, emotional stuff, you know, yeah. um, and, and then we started hosting these meetings and sometimes we would have 700 students that would show up. And so God just like launched my life into this whole trajectory that I was like, this was not my idea. <laughs> <laughs> I really just want to work on my singing, mind my business and yeah. go to grad school, Keep my head down, my law degree, go. like yeah. leave me alone, you know, but he had other plans. And so um, my journey has really just been one about surrender to God ideas because mine yeah. never seemed to be his. Like it's, so good. it just never seems to be the same, like what I want to do and what he wants to do in me and through me. Um, so it's, it's really just been about surrendering to Jesus and 
my husband and I got married and moved to Atlanta where we've been now. Oh, I want to, I want to just, cause there's too much good. So like, (laughs) before you go on, there's a couple of things I just want to highlight. Um, and in your book, you talked too about, you know, you just alluded to your pastor's kid, fourth generation, you know, ministry, which in and of itself brings so much expectation and weight and burden. Right. And so in your book, you do share a little bit about that, like that fear of, am I going to say the wrong thing? Am I going to do the wrong thing that like, I need to look a certain way. I need to dress a certain way. I need to act a certain way. And there's that thing where you, you know, Jesus, but you, but your identity and everything is within proximity of your place in this orbit, right. In this, my parents as pastors or this, that, and the other. And so that time in high school, when the Lord started speaking to you of you're my girl, like, you know, like not just you're their daughter or not just you're a pastor's kid, but, but that journey of discovery. And then that seminal moment on 9-11 when the Lord's then calling you out, right? You're not mm-hmm. calling you to be, oh, go be the preacher's daughter that now is going to carry the torch. But no, it's like, you're my girl yeah. who I've gifted, who I've called now stand up and open your mouth. <laughs> you know what I mean? And there's just something very sweet and powerful about that journey. And I think um, significant that you were able also to respond to the Lord in that. I think um, sometimes those expectations and those weights and those burdens can really drive you away. Mm. Um, so that that's one thing and would love if you want to unpack that a little bit. And then the other thing is, I love that you're saying, you know, I didn't want, like, I didn't have aspirations to be a pastor, to be a leader. And I think there's a lot of times that I can decide that's what I want to be and strive and manipulate to try to position myself. But there's something about being in that place of God calling you up and God calling you out. And then it's up to you to say yes, right? You know, that kind of thing. So anyhow, um, a couple of really significant things. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's really a a interesting journey, you know, growing up, um, as a kingdom kid, a PK or, you know, Mm -hmm. pastor's kid, a preacher's kid, whatever, you know, however you want to look at it or say it, the pressure is insane. You know, the, you know, especially, you know, when I think when you're a girl, cause I think the boys kind kind of get away with stuff, but when you're a girl, you know, it's like, Oh, what is she wearing? You know, what yeah. is, you know, there's all of this like criticism, yes. um, you know, that, that just people don't realize how that impacts, you know, this kid who's yeah. really just no different than any other child, you know, yeah, they're going through so the same good. stuff that your child is going through. And yet we place this extra like layer of burden you know, on, on, on those PKs. Um, and I think the thing that I tell people all the time, the thing that really for me has been a a point of difference, if I may say so, um, is it was in my parents. I grew up with, I mean, I could name drop all kinds of big time ministers and their kids and their families. And I know their kids and I knew what was going on in their homes. Okay. So (laughs) For for us to now be years down the line and to see some of those families, you know, some of their kids, the choices that they made to walk away from Jesus, to walk away from the house of God, to walk away from calling and ministry and assignment and just be like, I don't want to have 
anything to do with yeah. it, like at all. Like I'm going to run as far away as yeah. I possibly can from all of this and live a life that is as opposite to yeah. this as possible. You know, it makes sense. But I, I think for me, what really made a difference, like a significant difference in just my journey with the Lord and understanding God as father and understanding the importance of being authentic in your relationship with God, whether you're in a building, whether you're on a pulpit, whether you're at Walmart, whether you're yeah. at Starbucks or whatever, is my parents, you know, they nobody's perfect, obviously, you know, they're, they're not perfect, but man, like they just created this environment where who they were at my recital, you know, in the, at the theater production of Midsummer Night's Dream, (laughs) which by the way, I had a solo. So everybody just mark that down. Okay. Thank you, Jesus. Let's just be real. Um, who they were sitting in that auditorium or who they were in our backyard or who they were on a random Tuesday night at home, um, it's who they were in the pulpit on a Sunday or whenever. And I didn't see a variance. I didn't see a difference. Like what they would preach and tell people was what we were being told, but even more, it was what they were modeling. It's what I saw. And so that marked my life, um, in a way that was indelible. And to this day, I carry that with me that I think for me really, kept me from just going off the deep end, you know, and unfortunately there are so many other young people um, who grew up like I did, um, who didn't have that balance, you know, and that sameness at home and in front of people, you know, they were taught to put on a show in front of people. And so you get tired of that. You get tired of, you know, pretending to be something that you're not. And here's the thing, whatever God anoints is never your representative. God will Mm -hmm. never anoint your representative. He will only anoint your true self. Like that's a good word. David was like, I'm not about to put this armor on. This is not who I am. The anointing is not going to come on me pretending to be Saul. It comes on me being David. Yes. You know what I mean? So that'll preach. um, There's so much power (laughs) and just authenticity um, that makes the difference in how we raise our families. So good. So you left off when I interrupted you on your way <laughs> to your marriage, to your, your, your husband. So yeah. Why don't you pick up there? Yeah. So we, um, we got married and, and moved to Atlanta and, um, started serving at our local church here, which was just a, a great journey, a time of growth. Um, and just learning, you know, it was like, we we're newly married and we just kind of got thrown in. So yeah. it was the newness of marriage and newness of ministry in a way, yeah. and us really serving together in ministry. Cause we had both been in ministry, but you know, now coming together and, and doing it full time. So we did everything everything y'all from kids church to youth church to youth camp (laughs) to driving the van full of youth like you know worship cleaning toilet whatever was needed you know we just always were of the posture um that we we would serve the lord however he wanted us to and it was it was never about a title or 
never about, you know, like, Hey, look at me, you know, I'm so anointed. Like it was, you know, God, where do you want me? Like, I will scrub this toilet in Jesus name. Like if that's what you, if that's what you desire, you know, if that's, if that's where you want me. Um, and, and honestly, that was just our posture and God just began to, um, create opportunities and create doors, um, for us and, and just began to grow us, you know, in the place of ministry and expand and enlarge us. And so, you know, we did that. We started building teams, um, uh, started traveling, just started doing a lot of things. And so, um, several years into that, um, we ran into a crazy storm, a crazy health storm, um, because, up until that point, you know, everything was good. Like, you know, we were happy and serving and sometimes tired and exhausted, but good. You know what I mean? Like healthy. And out of nowhere, um, my husband had this crazy like health attack, um, where he had gone down to a conference in Jacksonville. And, you know, I get this call from a voice I don't know. And they're screaming in my ear asking me, what is your husband allergic to? Like, and I'm like, who are you? Like, what is happening? Wow. And they're like, man, we need to know what he is allergic to because we need to administer, you know, medication and all these different things that were going on with him. And they're trying to explain to me, you know, that, um, he had had some type of what they thought was, you know, like a, like a cardiac situation at the time. Um, they had, picked him up from, he had collapsed in this parking lot, literally. Wow. And so scary. They picked him up by the ambulance, taking him to the hospital down there and like all this crazy stuff ensued. And it was one of those times where, you're so desperate. Like, I just was so desperate. Like, I didn't know what was going on. I literally just drove myself to the airport and just like was sitting there waiting on my flight. And I didn't even realize that I was, I was crying and praying out Mm -hmm. loud. Yeah. So out of it. Like I was just sitting there waiting on my flight, like begging God, like, Lord, like, this is not what you promised us. Mm -hmm. Like, there are things that you have spoken. There are words that you have declared, you know, over Eric, over myself, over us together that I haven't seen yet. So either you're a liar or this situation is a lie, but Mm. it can't be both. Can't be both. Yeah. It can't be both. And so, um, you know, I got there and a few days after we were able to drive him back. Um, but it went from bad to worse because he was given some medication that he ended up having severe um, reactions to that started to shut down his organs. And that started us through a whole like three year journey of trying to get him well, of him being in bed, not being able to, to work, not being able to play his instruments, not being able to do much of anything um, in and out of ERs, in and out of ambulances. I mean, it was to the point y'all like you know there's a problem when you pull up to the er and they know you by your first name like that's not okay that's not okay that's That's not okay you know like that's how often we were there but gina in the midst of all of that there were so many miracles like Mm. so many miracles like i saw the power of god to resurrect like we saw god do things that were just unfathomable things that doctors don't understand we saw god we talk about creative miracles, you know, Mm. there's this one part. And I always tell this portion of, of our story because 
we were learning things about our our physical bodies that I, I never even knew. Like we yeah. learned that you have something called an ileocecal valve. I've never heard of that okay. thing a day in my life, <laughs> but it connects your small intestine to your large intestine. And when it's functioning well, your body is able to synthesize um, uh, your nutrients, you know, mm-hmm. and then uh, remove whatever waste. So it kind of like separates this is good. This is bad. You know, take in the nutrients and synthesize them. And, and that gives you energy and strength and all of that kind of stuff. And so it's it's not something that they typically would like operate on or anything. They can't really get to it. Oh, and so whenever they we're going through all these tests. Like we went to every specialist in the city. It took forever to figure out what was going on. There's so many diagnoses, so many different things. And so they finally figure out that part of what's happening with my husband is that, um, his ileocecal valve, um, had deteriorated. It just looked like Swiss cheese. Like it just was, you know, just not functioning at all. So his body was not retaining nutrients. So he dropped all this weight, like all of this stuff was going on. He couldn't eat, like he couldn't hold down his food. Really. He had no appetite. Like it was all of this stuff. And when I tell you that, you know, once we heard that, you know, then we could go to God and we could say, listen, you made his ileocecal valve. So <laughs> yes. you're going to have to fix it. Like yeah. you're going to have to make it better and, and do a creative miracle, yeah. you know, because they can't even operate on it. There's nothing they can do. So you're wow. going to have to do it, Jesus. And he did, you know, mm. and to be able to go back and for them to say, what yeah. happened? Like wow. the ileocecal valve is perfect. Yeah. You know, and it's fully functional. Um, that just goes to show like our father hears us. And when we posture ourselves to speak back to God, you know, there's three things that happen. I'm going to segue into this decree thing because now I'm getting stirred up. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> <laughs> but there's three things that happen, you know, when we speak the word, when yes. we decree the word. First yes. of all, even just the word decree is is legislative. It is yes. legal language. It's yes. not random. It's not, you know, just this nice, like, okay, if you feel like it, say something. No, it is make a legal declaration, a legal pronouncement or announcement of what God has said. And, and what, what happens is that as you're speaking, as you're decreeing, you are bringing your life into the realm of on earth as it is in heaven. Yes. So your decree brings you into the reality of what God has already spoken, yes. what God has already declared over yeah. your life. And you're just echoing that you're just yes. speaking, you're enforcing that, right? Yes. Like a police officer, they don't make the law, they enforce the law. Yeah, it's good. Right. They have a legal right. They have a badge that is an authority that allows them to enforce the law. So when someone trespasses or someone breaks the law and they're going 95 in a 65, a police officer has the authority to say, wait a minute, that's not okay. Right. You are going over, you're trespassing, right? They have authority. Three things happen when I decree the word of God. First of all, I remind God of what he said. Okay. And listen, God is not a liar. Yeah. 
God is not a two timer. He's not out here schizophrenic. He's not changing his mind every other day. The scripture says there is no shadow of turning with him. He is constant. Yes. He is constant. Like he will not change his mind. Like if he spoke it, the Bible says in the book of Isaiah, his word will not return Return void. void. Yeah. Like he's not going to sit up there and say, you know what, Gina, I know I made you a promise, but girl, I'm not feeling it today. So I'm going to change my mind. No. (laughs) Right. Like. Every word that proceeds out of his mouth, Mm, the Bible says he's watching over his word to fulfill it. And it says that he's even placed his word above all his names, y'all. Yeah, he's been given the name that is above every other name. So for the scripture to say he's got the name above every other name, but above the name, which is above every other name is the word. word. Second thing that happens when I speak the word is that hell is reminded Mm, you can't touch me. Yeah. Yeah. And that, so that is like, I'm so glad you said all of this because there it's a kingdom, right? There is a spiritual realm and there are boundaries. There are laws. There are who, you know, and the enemy knows exactly what his authority is and what it isn't. He mm-hmm. knows how far he can go and how far he can't go. He yeah. knows where he is invited in and where he can't, you know, breach that border. The problem is believers don't. We don't know our authority. We don't know what the boundaries are. We don't know all of that. And so we are tossed by everything from our unbelief and our fear to the enemy's leveraging of his knowledge of what he can and can't do. And if believers could step into and recognize and believe who they are, who God is, the power of his word, the authority in his word, and the authority that we carry as sons and daughters, then immediately so much of the spiritual warfare and the things that we uh, come under would not be of issue. It would not, it would not because, you know, the word of God is alive. The word of God is quick. It is sharper than any Mm two-edged sword. So I can make the decision to wallow in my whatever pity party trauma, whatever it is, not discounting any of the things that we go through. Like it's very real, right? If you're going through grief because maybe you've lost someone that you love, Mm. your, your child, your mate, your parent, like it's very real. We're not discounting that, but God is saying, I'm giving you a choice. You can allow that grief or you can allow, you know, that, that situation to arrest you and you just Mm. stay locked in that place, or you can begin to decree your way out of the grave, decree your way out of the tomb, Mm. decree your way out of oppression and anxiety, you know, and feeling, experiencing fear and torment. You can speak the word of God until those things break, because as you're speaking the word, you are are reminding the devil you're reminding mm. the enemy listen i know who i am if yeah it's good take your hands off of my mind like if you don't do you not know that i know who i am yeah and like, it's i know who my father is yes and it's like you earlier you talked about posturing right it's that posture and yeah. um i had a situation and I, we may have talked about this or i one of my daughters was going through something it was very scary, like just a spiritual text and things. And I was praying, you know, I was interceding, I was taking authority and doing all the things that I know to do. 
but it was coming from a place of desperation. It was coming from a place of fear. Mm. So even though I was in one way, I was, I was praying, I was taking authority. I was doing all these things, but the Holy spirit like stopped me. And God was Mm. like, stop, stop. You're desperate. You're Mm. fearful. What are you doing? And it it was this sweet, it wasn't a reprimand, but it was a a conviction. It was like, hold on, (laughs) you know, I'm here. You need to change what you're saying. You need to change Mm -hmm. what you're praying. And so in that moment, I went from God, please break the break, you know, to you are on the throne. Lord, I thank you that you have victory. I thank you that no weapon formed against my daughter will prosper. I thank you that you said you know, and, and all of those things. And I think that's that, that posturing that, um, you know, uh, when Jehoshaphat, when they were surrounded and he was afraid and he went before the Lord and was like, what do we do? And God said, do not be afraid or be dismayed. You know, um, this is not your battle, Battle. but mine stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. Right. But there's a, there's an active stillness and there's a passive stillness. And so he didn't just stand still and cower in fear. He commissioned his army. You praise his holiness. You worship. You know what I mean? Like he activated the army, but he activated them in the spirit and he activated them in their identity. And he activated them according to the word of the Lord that it was his battle. And as soon as they did that, their enemies were defeated. Right. And so there there's power and it's, it's, it, yeah, it's just so significant. It's so significant when we recognize the goodness of God and we speak it, speaking it out. So, you know, you talk so much about the word, the power of the word, the word became flesh, the word in the beginning, and then, and then leveraging the truth and the power of God's word in my life. I had a, a, a woman prophesy over me, uh, when I was in Dallas this last year, it was awesome. She was just amazing. And one of the things she said to me was, uh, she had a word from the Lord and there was all this encouragement, but then there was kind of a, uh, a challenge, not a challenge, but, uh, Hey, <laughs> a, <laughs> you know, <rebuke. laughs> a little rebuke from Jesus, you know, and it was, you, you have to pray the prayers for me to answer them. You stopped praying. You stopped asking. I can't move until you ask. So, and you're praying too small. You're asking too little. You need to start praying it so that I can answer, so that I can move on your behalf. And I tell you what, sometimes it's hard for us to, and it's not a, God's not a genie in a bottle. This isn't about him, I mean, I, I'm, I need to go through, I've, I've underlined so many things in your book and, you know, it's not about bossing God around. No, 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 no. It's about coming to a, into an alignment with his word and his will. You know, we take like, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. We start here, right? I'm going to delight in you, but we don't go back to trust in the Lord and do good dwell yeah. in the land, right? Feed on his faithfulness then you can delight because you've oriented yourself and postured yourself at his feet, independence, trusting his word, trusting his character. Right. 
so good. So yeah, yeah, yeah I mean, yeah. it's powerful. Like I, I, I literally, you know, with the journey that we went through, this is when God really began to teach me about the power of the decree. Hmm. You know, I was this good Christian girl, this little, you know, um, mission trip going Jesus loving, you know, <laughs> sign me up for Lou angles, the call, you know, true love waits, type shit. Like that yeah, was right. me. And so you think you have all the tools, you think you know everything, and yeah. then you hit this storm and God is like, I'm going to give you the keys to the kingdom, mm, you know, and good. the keys to the kingdom come in the form of revelation. Yes. It comes in the form of God unpacking, like mm. giving us the hidden things. Isaiah 45 talks about that. He will give us, uh, uh he will give us hidden things, a uh, secret things in hidden places places. So God begins to give me this key of the decree. And I learned that three things happen. You know, when I speak the word, I remind God that he is a just God. I remind Mm -hmm. God that he has a reputation, right? Because Moses was like, listen, if something happens to us, what are these people going to say about you? Yeah, right. Yeah. Like if something happens to us and we die in the wilderness and we are destroyed by our adversaries in the wilderness and yeah. we told all of these people that the God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob was calling us from slavery, was calling us out of this 400 year of bondage and yeah. calling us to this place flowing with milk and honey. If that does not happen, what are they going to say about you? Well, and also the fact that Old Testament under the law, pre-cross, pre-indwelling Holy Spirit, these uh, fathers of the faith had that, that, that's relationship, right? Such relationship. That's not authoritarian dictatorship and I am just submitting myself, you know, it's relation, you don't have a conversation with a dictator. No, not at all. (laughs) You don't, you don't wrestle with a dictator. You don't, you aren't Habakkuk going, what are you doing? Okay. (laughs) I'll sit here and let you correct me. You know, that's, but that's relationship. It has to be. And that's what makes the decree different from the name it and claim it different from, you know, the manifesting, um, which is like the trend. Now everybody's like, you know, I can manifest a husband. I can manifest a house. I can manifest whatever, you know, I can put a bunch of pictures on a board and just imagine, you know, and, and it's going to happen and I can take a bunch of monopoly money and stick yeah. it on that little board. And I'm just going to get, <laughs> you know, an avalanche of dollars in my bank account or whatever. Right. But the reality is it's, it's knowing your father, it's having intimacy with him yeah. because I mean, if you think about the things that God says about Moses, the things that God says mm-hmm. about David, like a man after my own heart, where he yeah. talks about that Moses, the Bible says this, that Moses was the most humble man on the face of the earth. And he yeah. was a friend of God. Yeah, so he could so go good. to God and say, listen, I just think you should know that if something happens to us, people are going to be looking at you kind of <laughs> crazy because you're the one that told us you were bringing us out. Right. And yeah. so your decree is not based out of religiosity. It's not yeah, it's based so good. out of manipulating God because the Bible says God mm-hmm. is not mocked. So we can't manipulate God. No. But if you have relationship with the father, if you have 
have relationship with Jesus, if you walk with Holy Spirit, like there is this dimension of intimacy where you can begin to commune with the Father in such a way. The Bible says he delights in prospering you. He delights in the prosperity of his saints. And so you can go to God and remind him of what he said. And then when I decree, it reminds the enemy, listen, you are not going to punk me. I don't know if I can say punk on your podcast. Yes, you you can. Hallelujah, praise the Lord. Like you're not going to, um, you know, just like destroy to, you know, you're not going to yeah. come here to steal, kill and destroy and think I'm just going to stand here and act like I don't know who I am and what God has spoken. And the third thing that happens is you remind yourself yes. why faith comes by, by hearing, hearing. Yeah. and hearing, hearing by, by, the, by word the word of God. Of God. <laughs> so like, good. I mean, yeah. and then it says this, Gina, it says, and without faith, It is impossible to please God Mm. for he who comes to God must know that he is God and he's a rewarder of them that Mm. diligently seek him. So I'm looking for a reward from God. I'm looking for a breakthrough from God. I'm looking for a healing. I'm looking for, you know, whatever. Like I need this thing to break off of my kid. I need this thing to break off of my business. And God is like, you're not even pleasing me right now because you're not in faith. Yeah, it's good. And so isn't the that moment, the enemies? Oh, isn't that the enemies? I mean, that his one tactic is: Did God really say? Yeah. Right. His one tactic it, tactic is to sow that doubt. So when you're repeating God's word back to Him, you are that reminding of the enemy is also declaring you are not going to pull me to doubt. You are not going to cause me to move into unbelief because this is who my God is. And this is who he says I am. And you said, you know, I love, um, page 64 of your book decree a thing by Nancy Joy Dozer. Dozer. I can't even talk. It says, uh, you said he is not looking for us to be creative or impressive. He will not override your will. So you have to give him permission by aligning with his word through your decree. He's just looking for us to simply repeat back to him what he's already said. There's no need to be deep. It's as simple as saying, God, you said in your word that those who put your trust in you will never be put to shame. I believe it and I decree it. That's and I it. think we try to make it so complicated, but the invitation is is so simple. It's so simple. It is. It's so simple. Like, you know, this is something that you can, you can teach your babies. You can teach your Mm. five-year-old, your four-year-old, you know, how to declare and to decree, you know, what is it that God says about me? You know, I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. I'm the head and not the tail. God said that about Mm. me, you know, and it, it just gets down in their heart. Like it gets down in the soil of who they are, you know, Mm. and it doesn't have to be this deep, like Greek and Hebrew (laughs) lexicon and strong. you know, where you just feel sanctified because you're out here, you know, using all these big words. God is like, no, just literally echo back to me. And here's why that works. Here's, here's the key to that. We are made in the image and the likeness or the similitude of God. That means I have the ability of God. 
He he didn't make me to desire to be like him and never have the ability to be like him. He made mm, me to be good. like him. And yeah. so he's like, listen, what did what what did I do? I spoke and bam, we got stars. I spoke and bam, we've got oceans. We've got this. We've got yeah, that. Like good. he speaks all these things into existence. And then he's like, wait. But with you, I'm going to actually give you my DNA so you have the ability Mm. to do the same. So what does God do? He breathes into man and he becomes a living soul. Do you know that there is DNA in your breath? Mm, DNA is released. If I were to breathe on somebody's hand and they go get their hand tested, they will find my DNA on their hand. (laughs) And so he inserts himself into us. He breathes into us and we become a living soul. We now have his DNA. We now have his ability. So he's like, listen, if I spoke and I call things that were not as though they were, and now they're here, they're existing. I need you to do the same. I just need you to be like your daddy. Yeah, just be like your daddy, call the things that be not as though they were, call the healing to manifest, call the the different organs to be made whole, you know, that the doctors are like, you know, your kidneys are failing, your heart is, you're in heart failure, command your heart out of rebellion and into alignment with the will of God. Yeah, so good. And I'm so glad you you made that last statement because, and this is why I love your book so much that you you go into the, um, like, what's the motivation for what you're asking? Yeah. Like there needs to be a redemptive purpose in what you're asking. So what we're saying is not God is a genie in a bottle and because his word is powerful and because you're his daughter or your son, he has to do what you say. No, 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 no. This is alignment again with his will, his purposes and his plan. This is alignment with the kingdom. And so, um, does the desire align with the purpose of God? Um, I would do you a grave injustice. Justice. This is your book, page 70. If I just told you to name it and claim it and wait for the check in the mail, do you want to be healed just to be free from affliction? Do you want to be wealthy just to live lavishly? Do you want great anointing just to be regarded as being special? There must be redemptive purpose in the healing. And I just love that because again, it goes back to aligning our will with his posture ourselves in his presence and his purposes, which are for our good and for his glory. For our good and his glory. Right? Yeah. So yeah, good. for our good and his glory, mm-hmm. you know, like that's the thing that is so different from, again, like, I don't mean to harp on this, but it's such a big thing where even believers are really embracing, you know, some of these like new agey type of ideologies where it's just, you know, I'm going to manifest all this money so I can live the life that I deserve. I can, I can, you know, jet set and do all of these things that, you know, I am owed, you know, like nobody owes you anything like have a seat. No one owes. Yeah, you say on page 71, and I love this. This is a quotable quote. It's an irresponsible and destructive gospel that obligates God to our bidding solely based on our declaration. Dude, right? 
It is so irresponsible to tell yeah. people, you know, if you sow this thousand dollar seed, whatever mm. you're believing God for, you know, we just, it's just, we prophesy that new house. We prophesy mm, that. Well, what yeah. if God doesn't want you in this season in a new house? Yeah, what if God good. wants you to stay in that little neighborhood that you live in? Because yeah. there's a family next door that has a mama who is suicidal mm, and God good. needs you to intercept that assignment yeah. from the enemy. Yes. But you're so caught up in, oh God, I need my new house. I need to move out of this. You miss the opportunity (laughs) to be Jesus to somebody who's going to die and go to hell unless you manifest as the sons of God, according to Romans chapter eight, right? Yeah. So we miss these like opportunities to stay in the will of God because we are so focused on, as the world says, or as Instagram says, living your best life. Yeah. Yeah. But yes. we're not called to live our best life. We're no. called to live in his likeness, in his image. Yeah, and we're good. called to bring his kingdom into the earth. Like it, it was never about me living my best life. Yeah. And it's never just about you. Like your healing, your salvation, your deliverance, the provision. It's never just about you, right? Mm-hmm. Nothing is wasted. And there's there's so much more at play in the kingdom, there's so much more at play in the spiritual realm with every choice I make, with every decision of obedience or not, with every act of faith or not. Right. It's always so much. I heard, I heard a message the other day and I just had to pause and like mm-hmm. sit with it for a minute. Like, you know how you hear something and it's so heavy. I just had to turn it off and just kind of sit like, whoa. Yeah. And, um, this, this minister was talking about how, God, God's plan of redemption was so elaborate, was so elaborate. Hmm. And he began to talk about Ruth um, and how God for, for it took 40 generations for God mm. to insert her into the storyline. Yeah. He had to go through all of these twists and turns and ups and downs to insert this girl into <laughs> this storyline so that the word that he spoke at the beginning would come to pass. And that, you know, this King David would come into this, you know, this lineage. And then Jesus would come from that lineage. Like your life is not this like random, you know, just isolated thing. There's nothing about your life that is random and isolated. Like God is weaving you into storylines that you may not even be aware of. He's positioning you to encounter people who need the love of God in ways you could never imagine. So our our pursuit, even in decreeing, you know, it's never God just bless me so I can be blessed. Like, you know, I said the other day, I heard myself pray this in, in a time of prayer and it kind of took me back, but I want to share it with you guys because it's so true. I heard myself say the other day, I say, God cause Pharaoh to call for me. I've been reading mm-hmm. through Genesis and I, I was, I was reading, you know, Joseph and the whole situation, the baker, the cup bearer, the, yeah, you know, the yeah, whole, yeah. y'all know the story. <laughs> and so I'm reading through all of that. Right. And it just so gripped me. Like I just, there's so much that God was just like speaking to me. And I heard myself pray that God cause 
Pharaoh to call for me. And I mm. said, "Woo, okay, where did that come from? But I sat with that because I was like, man, mm. like for real, God, like cause Pharaoh to call for us because there are some of us that need to be in that palace so yeah, we can declare good. the word of the Lord so we can mm. begin to give direction and instruction mm. to na- national leaders, to, to civic leaders, to, you know, those that are kings over entertainment, kings over comedy, kings over film, Mm -hmm. kings over education, kings over finance, right? And we're in this isolated place going through our little dry season, you know, practicing our little gift, loving Jesus in the dungeon, you know, and it's great because we're like, you know, my God will deliver me. Hallelujah. And (laughs) and yet it's like what God told you, pray big prayers. What if we began to pray as the people of God and we began to decree. I declare and I decree that Pharaoh is calling for me. There is an anointing on my life that is assigned to that Mm. king. There's an anointing on my life that is assigned to that king over there. And so we begin to declare God cause Pharaoh to call for me Mm, because what you've placed on my life is for the nations. Mm, it's good. It's good. You know? Yeah. That yeah. was free, y'all. I don't even, that was like good Bible <laughs> Wednesday night. And it's not even Wednesday oh, night. It's not even Wednesday night. Woo, that glory. So, so good. So good. And I, you know, to that, so before that you were talking about, um, you know, you're, you're, you're praying for your house, but maybe God has you here because you don't know about that single mom that might be living across the street that is suicidal. You know, those, those things that we don't recognize that are so purposeful and God calling, you know, Pharaoh calling you out could be that that boy across the street is going to be the head of a corporation or is going to be a leader and your ha- your presence you being Jesus you yeah. representing the love of the father in that space is going to set a trajectory that is going to bring some redemption so that's what you're talking about so re- redemption is just a crazy crazy right it's it's mysterious we can't possibly fathom wrap our our hearts, our minds around the reality of God's omnipresence, his omnipotence, his, he, that he is, was, and will be, that he's oh, present, that he's already sent the provision. He's already spoken the, you know, before Jesus was born, he already set the yeah. everything in motion, right? But that's also just this crazy redemption in the middle of the mess that brings this beauty for ashes, that brings oil of joy for mourning, that opens the prison doors, that sets the captives free, that brings good news to the poor, right? And so how do we align ourselves with that and stop uh, making uh, more of ourselves than we ought, (laughs) stop carrying more weight or burden than we need to, um, and actually just step into that place of intimacy and trust and let him speak and then speak back to him what he's speaking. Speak it back. Right? So good. Yeah. it's, It's, it's easier than we, and I don't know where that comes from, like that yeah. need to overcomplicate things yeah. when it comes to our relationships with God, our journey with God. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know where that comes from, like in our in our 
Christian lineage, you know, because I think it's yeah. just something that's been handed down. But well, actually, I'll take it back. You know, I, I I won't I won't say that I don't know where it comes from because I do kind of feel that there's this deep rooted like performance yes. type based religious spirit, yes. you know, like yes. a lot of us carry that and, and we gain some type of gratification, yes. you know, from performing and yep praying these certain types of prayers or doing these certain types of things. And God is like, mm, I just need you to come as a child. Yeah. <laughs> just, just, just come, just, 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 like a child. Just, just calm down, just you know, come as a child. I'll right. take care of the rest. Yeah. Like, Say what I say, speak back to me what I've spoken, yeah, right? Open your mouth and just declare what you hear me say. When you think about it, even in the natural, you know, there's a scripture that says it is in the natural as it is in the spirit. Think about, you know, you've got baby, you've got, well, they're grown, but <laughs> your babies, right? How did they learn to speak? How did they yeah. learn to say mama? Like how many times did you say mama, say yeah. mama, say mama, say mama before it clicked. And then one day they're just like randomly like mama, right? Yeah, it's good. It's because of that, the intimacy and the proximity, mm. proximity, yes, proximity good. to yeah. mother and father, where they hear something yeah. that begins to develop your ability to hear in the natural yeah. is directly connected to your ability to speak. That's yeah. why oftentimes when people cannot hear, they don't speak or do not speak well. And yeah. so your ability to be in it's close good. enough proximity to Abba Father, to where you hear what he is saying it yeah. is inevitable that you will then turn around and begin to repeat what you heard dude yeah <laughs> like it just happens so good it yeah. just happens like it is it is so as good. simple as breathing it is as natural as you know whatever you kind of just do like you spend enough time with your daddy and maybe your daddy kind of leans his head this one way yeah. when he's watching TV and you'll look at a little toddler sitting next to their dad and what are they going to do lean their head that way yeah, it's because good. you're going to begin to duplicate or replicate or, yeah. or resonate you yeah. know whatever you are in proximity to or who whoever yeah. you're in proximity to. And that's the key to the decree. It's about relationship. It's about intimacy yeah. with Abba. It's about, you know, being close enough to hear his heart. So and good. if I can hear his heart, then all I got to do is lay my little head right there and just speak it back to him. So good. And, you know, the enemy knows that, right? And so when he can get us wrapped up in trying to do enough things to prove our worth, those are the very barriers to intimacy, right? If I'm trying to impress God, then I'm not with God. If I'm yeah. trying to Ooh. perform for God, I'm not with him. I have him as an observer and I'm trying to get access, right? And so it it is that um, I think like you were saying, you know, what is it about us? And it is that we have this propensity under even the law. Um, we added more to the law, you know, <laughs> so much more, and so many more laws, the Pharisees and the Sadducees, like they had just, just enslaved themselves and others with so much more. And then Jesus comes and breaks through that. And the Holy spirit comes in Pentecost and breaks through that. And eventually 
man like tries to solidify and and add more rules and laws. It's just this cycle that we have. And it's that the enemy leverages us with and causes us to fear the intimacy, Mm. that that intimacy isn't the safe place, but in fact it is, right? So all these things that I'm constructing for protection or for performance are the very thing that are keeping me from that place of victory, that place of wholeness, that place of peace, that place of comfort, that place of safety. Yeah. So crazy. (laughs) My God. So good. (laughs) So good. Well, is there anything that the Lord's been speaking to you lately that you want to share? I know this morning you got online East coast time. I was asleep. (laughs) I've been telling you, what is with this 7 a.m. East Coast time, you know, prophetic moments, but, you know, I'll watch the recording later. But, you know, yeah, like what's the Lord speaking? What's he saying? What are you hearing? What are you sensing? Oh, wow. Um, We're in such an exciting time. You know, when we went into 2022, um, one of the things that the Lord really began to highlight to me just prophetically is that this would be a time where, do y'all remember uh, the book? You know, it was the best of times. It was the worst worst of of times. Yeah. That those two realities are going to kind of like come alongside of each other. Yeah. But it's because darkness is increasing, but darkness increases only when God is like, oh, I'm going to send more light. Like there's this greater light, right? Yeah. And there's manifestation of his glory. There's demonstration. You know, it's like, you know, the glory of the Lord shall cover the earth, even even as the waters cover over the sea. And what's happening is that God is enlarging our capacity because Gina, we are the earth that gets covered with the glory. Like I know sometimes when we think about that or we hear that scripture, we're thinking the globe, you know, terra firma. Mm -hmm. He talking about you. (laughs) He is talking about you and I because we were made from the earth. The glory of the Lord shall cover the earth, even as the waters cover over the sea. And so God is positioning his people and his kids to carry more glory, to release more glory. And so what we're going to walk into even, and I don't know when this will air, but as even this being the month of February, you know, today is 2 two twenty two, and God is just speaking that there is this like a double grace, um, that, you know, the, the number two is the number, uh, of, of covenant It's the number mm-hmm. of partnerships. Like there are people that are getting ready to come into divine partnerships, divine alignments, where maybe you've been toiling, you've been trying to build something you've been, you know, whether it's a business, a ministry, an idea you've been at it by yourself and it's been so heavy it's been so hard you know and God is like, I'm bringing you into a time mm-hmm. where I'm sending help. I'm sending helpers yeah. and people that are going to begin to come alongside of you. These divine alignments. God is taking his people out of the mentality of contracts. And he is thrusting us into, into the reality of covenants. Like oh, we've been good. living in this place of like contractual relationships, yes. contractual fellowship with Holy Spirit. Yes. Uh, you know, if you do this, then I'll do this. But if 
you mm. don't do this, if you don't heal me, if you don't touch me, if you don't give me the goosebumps, then I'm out, right? Oh, so good. we're operating yeah. so much of the body is operating in this like contractual where we have this out clause. And yeah. God is like, but if you'll come a little bit deeper, there's this yeah. place of covenant that is so sweet. There's this place of covenant where we partner together and we're yeah. able to move together and forge ahead until the kingdom is released, you know? And so I just feel like it's going to be such a, an incredible time of demonstration. We've been seeing miracles upon miracles upon miracles. And, and I'm so careful sometimes to even talk about all of the things that we see, because I don't ever want anybody to get fixated on the things that God is doing to where they lose sight of God, like yeah, it's good. lose sight of him and that it's he's good. the prize, yeah. you know? Like he, he is the pearl of great, great price. Like yes. it's him. Yeah. He, he is so the good. reward. Like his presence is the reward. Yeah. His voice is our reward. Um, but I just believe that God wants to encourage his kids. Like so many people have lost faith. You know, um, we yeah. believe that God will do it for other people. We don't necessarily believe he'll do it for us. And yeah, so good. many have gone through grief and all kinds of things in these last two and a half years of pandemic and trauma after trauma after trauma. And I just believe that we are due, you know, for a release of the joy of the Lord. We yeah, are due good. for a baptism of joy. We are due for a baptism of celebration and we're going to begin to see God do things just because he can, just because <laughs> he's daddy. Just get excited, guys. God is doing something so mm -hmm. sweet. He's doing something so sweet. And I think if we just open up our hearts, like you will be pleasantly surprised and yeah. blessed by God's ability to do more in less time. This is the month of February. We have less days, but God will do more yeah. with less in this month. Mm. And I'm not going to say any more before we start having good church over here. And I don't even have an usher, so I'm just going to be hey. So oh, I love you. I love you. Oh, thanks so much. What a joy. We could do this like once a week. I'd be I'd be down with that. But Me too. Um, Me too. I so appreciate you. I I'm grateful for you and I just bless you and how you are stewarding the things that God's speaking, the things that God's giving you, the things that he's entrusting to you and may the Lord bless it. May he just, uh, you know, multiply, multiply, multiply and bless you and your husband and your family and all that God's doing in and through you. Thanks for, thanks for hanging out with me. Anytime, Gina, you know, you're my girl, you know, you're my girl. I got you anytime. And we need to hang out. We need to hang out in person. Y'all need to come to California. I want to go to Georgia. Like we got to do something. We're so like, we're so ready to do this because also, you know, I just want to be able to, to see my husband's face when I see Norm and Norm is like my best friend and Eric, you know, just, I just think it's going to be amazing because Eric is in his feelings. He's he like, no one with my friend first. Whatever. Jeez. <laughs> Thanks, Nancy. Appreciate you. I love you, girl. Love you too. 
Wow. I hope you enjoyed this conversation with Nancy and man, I hope that you order her book. You can follow the link in the episode notes and uh, buy it on Amazon. You can also visit her on Facebook and on Instagram. I included those links in the episode notes and uh, just trust and believe God's word. Trust and believe the power that you have to align yourself with the truth of his word, what he says about you, what he says about himself, and that will radically change your perspective and your trajectory when you come into alignment with his will and his purposes and his plan. I am so grateful that you are listening, that you're here. If this episode or others have been encouraging to you, would you share them with a friend? That is the most effective way for the word to be spread. And if you want to support the production of this podcast and other projects from Stockton Ministries, like the Dwell Meditations and prayer class, etc. You can click the link in the episode notes or make a tax, tax, excuse me, tax deductible donation at our website, GinaStockton.com. Well, I hope that you are encouraged today, that you know that you are seen, known, and loved, and we'll see you next time in the sacred space. <laughs>